Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bacon Bits podcast. Uh, As you can tell, this is not John Bacon. Uh, (laughs) Today we have our amazing producer, Shay, Shay, and (laughs) me, his lovely wife, otherwise known as aka his habanero sugar. And we're going to talk today with you about accessibility in an inaccessible world. But as always, the podcast is still going to have valuable information applied equals success. So (laughs) as my wonderful husband loves to say, I want to hear you say it back. Okay, Shay, let's go. Valuable. Valuable. Information. Information. Applied. Applied. Equals. Equals. Success. I was going to say it in Spanish, but I forgot all the words you say. Uh, I don't even know how to translate that in Spanish. Aplicada, uh, that's all I remember. Información que tiene valor aplicado sale a success. I forgot the word. Okay. Uh, anyway. Muy bien. Yeah, muy bien. Muy gracias. Muchas gracias. So today we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, it's not a place neither one of us wanted to be in. It's part of the club that nobody wants to be part of. Um, Either I'm going to be talking about from the disabled perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about the caregiver perspective. This was supposed to be John's part, but he is currently being a superhero. And so I'm taking over because my mom also had brain surgery um, about two years ago, almost two years ago. And so. It's nice to hear it from someone else's perspective. I think we got John's perspective a couple of times on different episodes of what it's like to be a caregiver, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And my husband is being a uh, superhero, as always. He's helping somebody in crisis right now, and he stepped away. So guess what we did? We're applying valuable information we know. We hijacked this plane. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're, we're gonna, to uh, go ahead and do amazing so first, let's, we're going to talk about a little bit of what is disability, right? So mm-hmm. the ADA defines a person with a disability as a person who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. So the ADA prohibits discrimination against people with disabilities in several areas. So this includes employment, transportation, public accommodations, um, and access to like state or local government uh, programs or services. So although that the ADA is set in place, I want to say it was like in the 80s. I don't mm-hmm. quite remember. It was like yeah, 86 a while or something. Ago. Yeah, which is an amazing thing that um, is in place. It's necessary, but the reality is it's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places that, um, especially older buildings, that doesn't have ADA. Yeah. Um, there's places that are absolutely inaccessible. I know that my husband and I, we went out to eat just a couple of days ago with my precious grandbabies. And there was a lady in a wheelchair that was uh, a bariatric wheelchair. It was like a, it was an electric wheelchair, but there was no way she could have fit through the bathroom. Even, even an ADA restroom would not have allowed her wheelchair to get in. And I felt so sad because I have some barriers that I have to deal with, but I couldn't imagine what she was having to deal with. I mean, it took the, them a while to get seated because there was about five or six people who were disabled at her table. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it shouldn't have been so hard. But yeah. I'm glad they accommodated her. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so um, there's 
about four different types of disabilities. I'm sure there's a lot more, but four off the top of my head. Um, here, there's four different types. There's in intellectual disabilities, there's physical disabilities, sensory disabilities, and mental illness. Um, so this includes even if you've ever had a history of it, and also the, um, it's called WHO, the World Health Organization, talks about barriers. So there's an ADA laws that is just technically it's discriminating against people who are in those areas that can't get to the assistance that we need. Yeah, or not like not offering, uh, what is it like, disabled disabled friendly options, like Correct. if you go to a bar, which I don't think anybody would be at a bar, but you'd have to have something that's wheelchair friendly or wheelchair height. Well, yeah, because no go one's to gonna bars. get out and sit on them bar stool no absolutely not like, there's no way I, that, that's yeah. like a nightmare right but yeah people do go to bars and what if you want to go to a sports bar you have to go watch a movie you don't have cable mm -hmm. most likely you're going to go to a sports bar exactly i went to a restaurant once there was one downtown and uh it was what's it called el chato amazing restaurant i loved it my daughter mm -hmm. wanted to go to this one restaurant and it was her favorite one downtown but it was inaccessible it had stairs up and stairs down mm -hmm. to get in there was steps but they were so amazing and i'm really really fortunate and very blessed that i'm able to stand a little bit mm -hmm. but that was a really hard day for me i wasn't able to four of their um servers came down people came out and they like some of their employees like people even who were just sitting there eating all of a sudden everyone just they saw me they got up they started moving tables four people came and they carried me in my chair mm -hmm. but you know what that's not gonna happen for everybody right. and sometimes it's if it if, if it was john in a chair that was impossible they're not yeah. gonna be able to pick a six, six foot, foot four 220 <laughs> pound man in a wheelchair who the chair alone might weigh 200 pounds there's no way that's gonna happen for people but that doesn't always happen mm -hmm. and and who the world health organization describes uh barriers as being more than just physical obstacles and mm -hmm. i think this is really really important because i know for me, this has been a huge deal. Us too, yeah, <clears throat> for sure. And we find it more difficult now after like post-surgery to go out and do things because the atmosphere itself creates a less than favorable like experience for her where she'll go into seizures. Like if, it, if it's too overwhelming, too noisy, mm -hmm. like she can't focus, she'll immediately just have a seizure. So we just found like eating in is better for us than going out. And we have to really plan going to the movies because like, you know, she loves going to the movies and we have to really plan how many people are going to be in the theater, like at what time. It's it's a lot. There's a lot that goes into us just doing normal things that most people are just like, want to go to the movies? And I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. It's not a drop of the hat for us. Yeah. It's definitely a planning. Yeah. And we just went to watch a movie yesterday and it was mm -hmm. so good. It was called The Jesus Revolution. I highly recommend it. I love the whole hippie movement. But it was just a really great movie. And it was, we were really fortunate because we went in the middle of the day. So it was mm -hmm. the afternoon. So the first thing that I didn't like talking about accessibility, it was accessible. There was ramps and it was accessible. But as soon as you pull in, as soon as you walk up, uh, or down the ramp, whatever that is, up or down, mm -hmm. that's where you had to sit. That's where the accessible part was. You couldn't get farther away from the screen. So yeah. number one, way, way too close to the screen. It mm -hmm. was very overstimulating. I, whenever I go into public places, I always have little foam earplugs plus my 
noise-canceling headphones on mm-hmm. top of that. But I didn't have sunglasses. I don't have sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And it was so... It was too, like many times throughout the movie, I just had to close my eyes and not just close them, but cover my eyes with something because even mm-hmm. the light gets through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's something. That's a, that's a deal, right? So yeah. uh, we're going to talk about that. What are some ways that we can prepare, right? Mm-hmm. And even after we prepare, we still have to make a plan for if that plan doesn't work mm-hmm. of, of preparing. So we're going to talk about some uh, some environmental factors, What like so let's talk about, okay, first first of all, what is the who's definition of a barrier, right? Mm-hmm. So a person's factors in a person's environment that through their absence or presence limit functioning and create a disability. So some of these include a physical environment that is not accessible, staircases, mm-hmm. things that, oh my gosh, I've seen so many places that God bless them, they have tried to make it accessible by putting a ramp, but the incline is like insane. It's like thirty degree, a forty degree incline. That yeah. like even walking, you're gonna get shin splints. It's mm-hmm. like so high, and there's no way, and there's no like, um, what do you call those things on the side that the you, guardrails? Guardrails. Yeah. There's nothing to hold on to to help pull you. Yeah, and. I've had to pull myself and do that. It's like impossible. So yeah. unless someone pushes like, you. I do not want to work out before trying to enjoy myself. <laughs> but unless someone's like physically there to hold you, like you're mm. going to come flying down. Yeah. Or there's, you're going to go flying back or flip back. There's right. just absolutely no way. There's no way. So a physical environment that is just simply not accessible, staircases, ramps that are just too, 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 steep. too, too steep or too narrow. Yeah. I, my wheelchair is pretty small. I'm a pretty, my frame is five feet. I'm like 140, but my wheelchair is 16 inches, my seat. So together it may be like 19 inches wide. Mm-hmm. And there's some places I don't fit. Yeah. It's not very wide. Mm-hmm. Let's be reasonable here. Yeah. I mean, if I was pregnant, I wouldn't fit. <laughs> a able-bodied pregnant person wouldn't fit through there. Yeah. <clears throat> a lack of uh, a relative assistance or adaptive uh, devices. So like we just talked, like a handrail, something mm-hmm. that could help us pull ourselves up or even just balancing people with balance problems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next one's a pretty big one, right? I know that. Negative attitudes, yeah. Negative attitudes. Yeah. Wow. I think uh, this is a hard one because I have friends who are disabled. I have friends who are amputees and just... They, they just can't, they can't, they're, they have concluded that they're just going to stay home because they, the stares or the comments or mm-hmm. um, some of the ways that people perceive them or even say mean things to them. It's, I, I, I just. It honestly sucks. Like they, how we see it is like people feel like it's an inconvenience to them, but you don't realize how much of an inconvenience it is for the d- disabled person themselves like having to get out and having to do that and then having to find a way to help your own self like without asking for help because again you don't want to be an inconvenience to somebody yeah and then for people to just treat you like like you know and you're like can i get help with this like that i hate that i hate people do that that is like the most annoying thing and me being the very loud daughter firstborn that i am like i'm i'm pretty aggressive when it comes to people that are just being rude to her so i'm like you know a couple years ago she wouldn't have asked you for help like she would have just this by herself now like you can show some compassion like 
you don't know what someone's going through or what they've been through like the journey that they're on like you don't your like sound effects are not helping at all they already feel embarrassed that they have to even ask for help. Yeah. And the reality is a lot of us won't. Yeah. Because we have to just hype ourselves up mm-hmm. just to get out the door. First yeah. of all, what are we going to wear that is quickly removable so we can use a restroom as an emergency or sometimes, you know, preventing an accident or, mm-hmm. or being comfortable in a wheelchair or using a, a, a device that's accessible when you go places, like right. a, whether it be a wheelchair or a walk or a rollator. Mm-hmm. Like, People think oh, it's only three stairs. You, you can do that, right? You know, I've had people look at me and say, oh, are you going to get out of your wheelchair? And just like, can you, I've, like I'm faking something yeah. and without understanding. And you can't teach compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love it if you could, but people just, not everyone is, is kind and considerate and compassionate. And the reality is there's a lot of uh, systems or policies that are non-existent. Yeah. And sometimes actually hinder people with disabilities from even being involved in social um, places and we, we'd love to we'd love there's a lot of places I would love to go mm-hmm. and I simply cannot it has been five years and I have yet to go into like a large like even my home church mm-hmm. because the music is too loud it's too overstimulating for mm-hmm. me still five years I still can't I just cannot do it yeah and I don't know if I will ever get to a place when I can without stepping out because I have the fear of uh, offending someone mm-hmm. if I get up and walk out. Yeah. I think my mom is blessed to have some of the <laughs> the sons and daughters that she has. Because like I said, we're, we're pretty vocal. Um, for her 50th birthday, a couple, what was it last year, I think, or the year before, we went to Disney. Wow. And that was probably not a good idea because it was very overstimulating for her. But just the group that she had, it was me and my sister, my brother, and then my brother-in-law. And um that group that she had like we were pretty protective of her so like she didn't want to be in a wheelchair because she didn't want to be an inconvenience to them she couldn't bring her own wheelchair because it didn't meet their standards so then they allow you to rent theirs but then again she's like i don't want to be in a wheelchair so we ended up with a walker and just trying to get from ride to ride like she was you know she was getting overwhelmed and she was getting slower throughout the day like you can tell she was slowing down significantly and just us her little bodyguards were like give her some room like back it up because you know everyone's always in a rush and i'm just like let this girl walk but yeah you you have to be a voice if you're a caregiver if you're a family member with a person with disabilities you have to be a voice for them because they won't they don't want to be embarrassing they don't want to be an annoyance they don't want to be that like you have to be their voice yeah so instead of them getting trampled you got to be like can you back up, please? Yeah. Six feet. We're in the middle of a pandemic still. Well, God bless you. <laughs> and my daughter's pretty vocal when she's around me, but you yeah. know, she's she's working. And it's John who's 99% of the time with me. Yeah. I'm almost never able to go anywhere by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to be my own advocate. Not everybody has the luxury and the... The, the, the fortune to have somebody with them all the time mm-hmm. and that's just another reality and yeah and they're not trying to be introverts they're not trying to be um isolating mm-hmm. they're not trying to isolate but they have no choice because it's hard to be your own advocate it's hard to speak up mm-hmm. over things that happen when uh you don't have the ability in the middle of having an overstimulating moment, I have an, I have ataxia due to that. Like your your mom gonna have a seizure, mm-hmm. and um, 
ataxia could look like a seizure and would I just don't have the ability to speak at that moment and people are like what's wrong and I start crying because I'm overstimulated and my mm -hmm. body's just reacting and they think they something happened and then they're overwhelming me and they mean well yeah but at, at that point it's number one reason why I don't I can't go anywhere by myself mm -hmm. like I, I can't so um, let's get back to some of these. Uh, we're getting off topic. topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're not getting off topic because that goes right into our one of the barriers that the yeah. crew was talking about, right? So yeah. a lot of people, they're completely oblivious. They're just completely unaware of some of the difficulties that people with disabilities have to take. Mm -hmm. um, and how it's, it's like sometimes it's impossible for us to even um, participate in yeah. daily life. Just mm -hmm. basic daily activities. A stereotype, stereotyping people. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people with uh, disabilities are stereotyped. They're assuming that our life, our quality of life is either uh, unhealthy or is poor uh, because of our disabilities. Mm -hmm. Or they have some sort of stigma like we're lazy or we have bought it on ourselves. Or mm -hmm. if we ate something different, well, damn it, okay, uh, Shay, if I just ate some, some more kale and kiwis, I would have prevented this brain yeah. tumor if I wasn't doing maybe uh maybe i'm just being punished which is idiotic in itself to it have is. those thoughts but that's the reality it is people see disability as a tragedy mm -hmm. or something that needs to be cured prevented mm -hmm. and the reality is just deal with the fact that we're being punished for doing something wrong yeah um, i had a lot of job's friends come see me uh and it's hard it's hard and i say job's friends of people who are in the faith they know about the book of Job, book of and Job. Uh, people came to see Job and said, "Well, you must have some secret sin. You must have some secret sin in you that mm -hmm. is causing this. Go ahead and confess it, and then God will forgive you." And man, stop assuming people are being punished. Yeah, life happens, and life is hard, and sometimes life takes your breath away. And and I think uh, one of the things that my mom has gotten to learn over the last couple of years too is because she had that mindset and sometimes she still does like sometimes she'll cry and she'll be like what what did i do to deserve this like what in my life did i do wrong to deserve this and i'm like you know what maybe you're going through this to help somebody yeah and just like you you're now reaching so many people through this podcast alone discussing this topic um i think that it's a blessing not only is it a curse but it is a blessing because you're going to be able to help somebody else that's been maybe in it for a lot longer or just newly into it and you're gonna be able to help them through it and that's what i try to remind my mom a lot is don't look at it as a curse look at it as you're blessing somebody you're gonna be able to help somebody through this because you've walked through this yeah yeah i know when um I ask myself, I, I love asking questions to people. I love playing the question game. Like, mm -hmm. I'm never the one who gets offended. Like, go ahead, let's play 150 questions. And I love, I love learning about people. And yeah. I love learning about myself in the process. And one of the questions I remember asking was, what is the worst thing that's ever happened to you and how has it changed you? Mm -hmm. And what is the best thing that's happened to you and how has it changed you? And my answer for both was the brain injury. Mm-hmm. My answer, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, and it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. And um, that's a hard, that's a, that's a hard uh, thing to stomach, but the reality is 
getting to a place in my life where it, it didn't happen to me, but it happened for me. Mm-hmm. Like you and your family being able to go to Disney, like, wow, like, would that have happened? Or would you guys have been living your life in different lanes? Yeah. You know, I was running and, and living just too fast, mm-hmm. doing it all for God and doing ministry and doing a lot of things. But the reality was I had way more on my plate than I should have. Yeah. Sometimes God is really telling you, sit down, yeah. take a break, sit down. Yeah. Take a break. And then finally he's like, sit down. Let me help you sit down. Yeah. And yeah. Psalms, you gotta listen. Y'all, you gotta listen. Psalms 23 says, he will make you lie beside still waters. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to make me anymore. Yeah. I want to just know, hey, sit your tail down somewhere. Yeah. And, and, and just be. Mm-hmm. Just, 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 just be with me, right? Mm-hmm. Just rest. And um, that, that's a big deal. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. So, um, another barrier, it's communication barriers. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a real big one. Um, I know for me, if I'm starting to become overstimulated or forgot my headphones or there's too much light or too much flashing, like at night, it's really hard. And being in a vehicle is really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I never had anxiety before, but oh my gosh, I, when I'm, when someone's driving and they can be the best driver in the world, my nail marks are in the car. Mm-hmm. My eyes are closed. I'm um, I f- it feels like we're getting hit every single time. It feels mm-hmm. like cars are coming at us. I'm just really overwhelmed and overstimulated. The The movement of the vehicle alone is a lot for me. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot for me to get in a car. And I don't think people recognize that for mm-hmm. for people. Like it takes a lot for them to get to you in general. That's why a lot of, if I have um, a sweet, precious friend of mine that comes to visit me and she always comes to see me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go into van train or anything, but uh, communication barriers can be like people who use small print mm-hmm. rather than big, large letters because we have vision problems. People yeah. with brain injuries also, a lot of us have vision problems. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have um, vision impairment, like no braille versions or even pe- people who can read on the screen because maybe they can't even hear it, like an auditory messaging you know like when you mm-hmm. go to doctor's offices even basic things like that like yeah. maybe i can't read it i can't but maybe i can hear it but if i'm hearing impaired i need to see it and if i'm seeing impaired i need to hear it and mm-hmm. that doesn't even exist in something as as important as a doctor's office yeah you don't get all of that stuff yeah you know videos i know that uh we have like a tiktok like mm-hmm. we play on tiktok i like tiktok it's fun yeah but i'm less likely to look at a tiktok or a instagram or a facebook video or even on youtube mm-hmm. without reading even when we watch movies i like i need to see it because i don't always hear everything or i don't pick up the things they're saying mm-hmm. or a lot of times it's just too loud yeah it's so so overstimulating we'll have to lower the volume and I just have to read it and pause it so I can see all of it. And mm-hmm. things with even ASL, like, you know, we need American Sign Language. Sometimes we do. going to a ser- church service, sometimes going to a concert, going to any place. We don't realize communication barriers are a big deal. Mm-hmm. But not just that, also communicating with the people that are going to be like caring for that person too. You need to have that communication line open as well. Um, my mom likes to go to my grandma's house a lot because they like to sew. My mom is learning, relearning how to sew because she forgot. And it's like sending your kid off to school who has like, you know, medications or stuff like that. Like I have to remind my grandma, okay, 
Like if you see these triggers, like if she starts staring off into space, if she starts stuttering, if she just looks like she's just not in the conversation anymore, she's about to have a seizure and you need to be prepared. You need to have medication ready on hand. You need to have someone hold her head because it'll just flop down. And that's the part that scares me the most because I'm like, she's going to snap her neck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, like having my grandma, like learn how to take care of my mom now is like someone who's taking care of her. Yeah. As a child. Yeah. And, and here comes her grandchild this is to a, tell her what to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is a whole different disability grandma. Yeah. Like this is not the same Gina that you remember. Yeah. And so, yeah, having that communication line open and letting them know like what the care looks like, what triggers look like. That is something that yeah. should be discussed. That's going to be hard for your, your grandmother. I yeah. know for my mother alone, she came, when I got out of the hospital, she came and stayed with me for maybe two months. And mm-hmm. she just, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Everything was, she just didn't understand. And, and uh, sometimes try to force things mm-hmm. to happen that I just wasn't able. And I was trying so hard to help her. But she hadn't come to terms. I don't think she has come to terms still yeah. with my disability and uh, forcing little things like, you know, eating more food than I, I, I was able to just mm-hmm. because I was feeling so sick. And I, then I would just I, I would just vomit and and then her feeling worse. And I'm like, Mom, I, I'm sorry. I just I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Accept me. And it just was really hard for her. Mm-hmm. And we have to accept that. And even as a caregiver, I'm sure there's people that you come around your mom Mm because I know people come around me and they just um you know when you carry it really well Mm -hmm. unfortunately we live in a society that's performance based yeah for sure and not every case is going to be the same so you can't compare this to the last person that you were that you were next to that had disabilities like you have to it's a case by case thing. Everyone's and even more than that, it's a day by day thing. Yeah, my mornings are usually pretty good. Yeah, and then noon and I start going down, and by three, um, I'm just I'm having a hard day. Like, yeah, it's time like, to take a break. I, I can't get up. Uh, I can't be really super active. Like, mm-hmm. um, and it, a lot of, depends on how stimulated that day has been. Mm-hmm. So, if I had mm-hmm. an appointment that morning or I had to do some. Like we have to understand it's a, you look great yesterday and then what's happened? What, what's wrong with you? And, um, you have good days and hard days. Yeah. No, nothing's wrong with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just having a hard day and my yeah. hard day might look different than your hard day. And mm-hmm. me getting out of bed was a victory and me washing my hair. We just talked about this earlier. <laughs> was a victory. I could, yeah. I could go a, a couple weeks and I just have to wear something around my hair and mm-hmm. don't judge me because and think I'm dirty. I, yeah. I just, I cannot put water on my head it just hurts too much Mm -hmm. you know and we don't realize these little things are a big deal for people with disability it's like a showers are hard for a lot of i mean they're hard for me Mm -hmm. they're really hard to do and they're exhausting like i could use a nap after a shower yeah um and to have to get up and move do things is is hard so Mm -hmm. it's just readjusting your life um adapting to to your challenges Mm -hmm. but not just um what challenges you have that day, but what that day might look like and what the next day might, you have to prepare the day before, two days before, I know, usually. And talking about communication barriers, even sometimes with um, 
using really fancy words and trying to sound very smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I can't even think of a smart long word right now, but you know, they can be big barriers for people understanding with cognitive impairments, people who have cognitive issues of understanding Mm and um, say it plainly. Talk to me like I'm a third grader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm also not an idiot, so don't speak to me like a third grader. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's a really fine line. And I know, I can't tell you how many places I've been where they just look at John. They won't even look at me. They won't mm-hmm. even give me eye contact. I'm in the wheelchair, and they'll talk to John and address John. Oh, can she? He's like, she's right there. You yeah, can ask you can her. Ask her. You can ask her if she wants a soda or something to drink at a restaurant. They, they won't even address me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just these little things that we just have to brush off. Mm-hmm. And not take personal, but, you know, there's only so many things that you cannot take personal before eventually it starts to weigh on you where you just don't want to go out too much. Yeah, right? agreed. <clears throat> Another barrier, uh, these physical barriers. Physical barriers are probably the hardest ones mm-hmm. because everywhere we go, there is a physical barrier. Everywhere we go. We yeah. have steps. We have curbs. Um, that block a person, you know, it blocks you from even getting off the curb. We can't find a little ramp to get over the curb. I have to get out. And again, I'm very fortunate. God, thank you, Lord, that I'm able to get up and stand from out of wheelchair. And then John will have to pick up the wheelchair and put it on top of a curb Mm -hmm. and then get me and put me into the seat. But not everyone has that ability. Mm -hmm. And if you're alone, how, how the heck are you supposed to get up on the sidewalk of a curb? There's no way. If you're in a manual wheelchair, uh, I have a manual wheelchair, and I have to I had to learn how to pop a wheelie. Okay, oh now gosh. Pop a, I know now popping a wheelie sounds like it's like you know I'm evil Knievel here. Yeah, and, Tony like, Hawk. Like yeah, the the young folks don't know who evil Knievel is. Us old of <laughs> us older folks know, but it's still hard without falling backwards to pop a wheelie and hold it, and then pull your entire body weight up on top of a sidewalk. It's mm-hmm. it's really hard, and I'm not really great at it. I can pop. A wheelie just to get over little bumps, but not a four-inch curb. Curbs, and some yeah. of them are like six inches. Yeah, and they're just impossible. Uh, I had to get a mammography. Is that called Ma- mammogram? Mammogram. Yeah. Okay, mammogram. You know what? They're not accessible. You have to stand up. They don't have mammogram equipment that allows a woman, like, like they don't have. They couldn't bring it down. You had to get up. Oh, like, no. why, does that, why no isn't idea. that accessible? Yeah. You'd think that that'd be, like, the first thing. You think about some of the stuff. Like, every time I go for MRIs, I, I have several. I'm sure your mom's had a, had a lot. I've had, yeah. like, 12 MRIs. And uh, I actually have another one scheduled Friday. Um, and it's, like, a thousand questions. And you have to think about the wheelchair and which, you know, transferring over onto the table. And then, I, you know, sometimes it's overstimulating because the noise is overwhelmingly loud and I start mm-hmm. shaking and it's just really hard to stay still when you're having, uh, an att- I have a taxi a lot, mm-hmm. um, but just basic equipment is not accessible. That's weird. Um, and there's like doctor's offices. I don't know, but he wants to get on the scale at a doctor's office, but, yeah. uh, how are you going to get on a scale at a doctor's office if you're in a, a wheelchair? That adds another 200 pounds. Yeah. I'm like, just, how do you do I'm that? declined for today. Yeah, but how do you do that? How do people, how, how can you do that? Yeah. And then some of these wheelchairs don't even get into these rooms. A lot of these doctor's offices, like the, uh, what do you call them? Like the, the where they check you? Uh-huh. Just the rooms to go, you know, come into room A, B or whatever. Like the triage room or whatever. Some of them aren't even accessible. Like the doorway yeah. is not wide enough for some wheelchairs. Uh-huh. Like 
it's just part of uh, that goes right into some policy barriers, right? It's just basic lack of awareness. This is just basic lack of awareness. Um, and then it, some laws just don't exist that, or requirements that don't exist because they're just basically unaware that they're that these are are important needs for mm-hmm. people. And part of this goes back to like learning how to be an advocate, not only for myself, but as a caregiver, being the advocate for times of we're not able to speak up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we need people to advocate for those who are unable to advocate for themselves. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's a lot of um, laws that exist that shouldn't, that should help qualify people. But there's sometimes that that deny qualified individuals with disabilities to participate in uh, federal funded programs, services, or benefits. Sometimes they're denying individuals with disabilities uh, access to services or benefits or programs, and that we can't even participate as a result of the physical barriers. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, the Special Olympics exists, right? And it's amazing, but there's so many other things that could exist, maybe creating adaptive things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's some um, places I know social barriers exist and um, like a huge percentage, I think. So between the ages of like 18 and uh, I don't know, 65 when you start working, Mm -hmm. I think it's we have our income. People with disabilities average an income of $15,000 compared to people without disabilities. So it's a difference of like we have... uh, like 7.3% versus like 22% of the income. It's just a huge... That's a huge gap. Huge gap. Yeah. And then kids who go to school are less likely, if they have a disability, to graduate. Mm-hmm. That's 10% people with disability who graduate versus 22%. I mean, it's just a huge gap. Yeah. And we don't realize, you know, what barriers they have. I don't remember my high school with any ramps. Mm-hmm. My high school didn't have ramps. I don't think mine did either. Just stairs. Yeah. They didn't have, we didn't have elevators in our, my high school. And a lot of our classes were upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, just a locker, the, the tall ones, you have to, how do you even get, if you were in a wheelchair, you can't even open the lock. Right. Like, we don't even, and of course, when I was in high school, that stuff didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. And that goes back, that goes into our transportation barriers, which mm-hmm. is a huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just unable to access basic transportation we can't take the bus so this is really big and what i recommend for people so i have um my disability i know with your mom she would qualify there's a lot of uh people and it's up to you if you're able to i cannot physically get to a bus Mm -hmm. i cannot physically just get into uh, any uber or any um taxi Mm -hmm. so because i can't do the public transportation i can't get onto a train because of the uh, stimulation. I can't get to the train station by myself or mm-hmm. to a bus station by myself or on by myself. I qualify for the special services. So we have Vantran, Suntran. Um, where I live now, we're right on the skirts of Tucson. So I have Dial-A-Ride. When I live in town, it's Vantran. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you put some, right now it's free. That's one great thing about COVID. It was free and now it's free through the end of June, I think, mm-hmm. or July. But you have to qualify. You send in paperwork. You can just go on to the transportation website. You can look up Vantran, Suntran, Dial-A-Ride, and just uh, see the requirements. And I think you have to get, like, a doctor's note, and they can just sign it, and then you send it in to see if you qualify. And they come to my door. It's door-to-door service, so they pick me up here. 
and they take me if I have a, an appointment. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, I'm able to work like two hours. I do two hour shifts at my job. That's I work three days a week, and mm-hmm. only one day a week do I have to get a ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm by myself. Two two days a week I work. One day my husband works with me, and one day. Uh, my friend Sharon, she she takes me two uh, two days a week. My friend, she takes me and she picks me up because I'm unable. I've had van trans sometimes, and they just sometimes it's been bad and they didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but try it, van trans or dial a ride. I think if you're a listener and you want to get uh, to places and you need to get to doctor's appointments and you've exhausted any possible needs or you don't have friends or family that can help you, look go onto the website and see if you qualify for van trans and, and they can actually take you and pick you up and it's an accessible van. They have ramps and they take you and the people assist you. They come to your door and they call you and they let you know when they're going to be there. And they just are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend Bantran. And so as we're talking, Shay, if you think this is a lot of stuff, it is. Yeah. That's the problem. So it's a ton. A it's ton. a ton of stuff to think about. And that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because living with disability, uh, it, it's challenging. But it's also really expensive. Really expensive. Yeah. So what are some of the expenses? You got medications. You have doctor's appointments. You have tests. You have um, you have to have a wheelchair accessible vehicle, in-home assistance, adaptive devices, wheelchairs, such like that. Um, clothing, being able to just put something on and off. My mom likes a lot of like the over the head shirts no buttons stuff like that because she can't deal with it and then cost of living yeah disability pays are not much and cost of living has definitely gone up and i feel like disability is not going up it did go up a little bit for but it's it's not it's horrendous not, it's, yeah. not, it's not like a huge difference and yeah um ssi i have social security insurance mm-hmm. so it's, it's not. It's very expensive to mm. be disabled, and it people is. don't recognize how expensive it can be. And sadly, when um, you live in a world that is performance-based, mm-hmm. if you work with what you have and you make it work to the best that you can make it work, mm-hmm. people are completely unaware of it. But another problem is with performance-based, it's really hard to be able, without the performance-based, it's really hard to be able to get um, listen to like we're so dismissed mm-hmm. people get dismissed people in general especially women of color get dismissed uh, now add a disability to that so there's yeah. there's me and your mom we're both women of color mm-hmm. so add a disability to that on top of that so you can talk about if you want to how hard it is to just get an appointment and to even get seen by a doctor yeah I had to wait um, almost what 18 months before I saw my neurosurgeon, because my other one retired. I had to wait 18 months. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I was having problems. I was sent to my PCP. They're oblivious. They're not neurosurgeons. They have no idea what's going on. They wouldn't let me even see a neurologist because I'm not a neurology appointment patient. I was a neurosurgeon patient. It Mm -hmm. was just circles and circles. I think we had that same thing. Like, uh, thank goodness her surgeon is still in office but he was like okay you need to go to a neurologist the first one we went to literally we're in the room for like five minutes he got a phone call 
took the phone call in the middle of our appointment, came back and was like, "Okay, I think you're all set. We'll see you in six months. I'm like, what did you do? You didn't you didn't talk to us. You said hi. And then hold on a second. Like, what what did you do for us? He asked if we needed refills on medications. I told him yes. And he's like, well, I'll do that at your six month. I can't wait six months for some of these meds. Like these are anti-seizing medications. I can't wait that long. So then we went to another neurologist, had to wait three months to get into that office. He's a nurse practitioner, so he doesn't really know that much. So then he had to refer us out. That next office, we had to wait a year to get into. And then finally we got the appointment and then she's like, well, we don't do second opinions. I'm like, (laughs) ma'am, listen, okay, we went on a wild ride. This is not a second opinion. This is just an appointment. Our initial visit was nothing. And I had to fight. I called that office every single day, multiple times a day. Like I bugged them. And even now when I go into the office, they don't like me because I had to be that person for my mom. Just for advocating. Yeah. Advocating. Because she was like, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't need a neurologist. And I'm like, sis, you do. Mm. And I'm going to figure it out. And she now sees a neurologist frequently. But... Again, we're going back to that advocating for your person. You have to be the person because at some point she's going to get overwhelmed. They're going to get overwhelmed. They're going to be like, never mind. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't need it. Yeah. Hence why it took me 18. I couldn't. I called and I called and I called and I called every day. I called Mm -hmm. and I called for two weeks. I I I I didn't know what to do. They didn't return one phone call. And I I just left it. I I just sat and I cried. I was overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. I just left it. Yeah. And it was just too much for me. So you're right. Yeah. And that's a big deal when you're in pain. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal if you're in a lot of pain. So um, they give you the option. And the first option they give you is the same stuff they did when you're in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Big pharma. So if that's what you, if that's what works for you, if that's what you choose to do, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend you look at all the side effects. I highly recommend if that's the best thing for you. Because sometimes side effects are worse than the actual um pain in general yeah right and there's some over-the-counter things that we can take there's people take Tylenol and you know mm-hmm. allergy medicine sometimes helps with certain things that trigger I know the allergy medicine will help me with sometimes a little like a percentage of the triggers that I have with ataxia mm-hmm. because I won't be sneezing or coughing and it causes more since stimulation kind of things mm-hmm. um for me the big deal has been that I really, truly, 100% believe that God has given us everything. He provided everything that we need to heal on earth. So uh, the first thing I did was CBD. That's the first, my first go-to was CBD, and I loved it. Um, but it was really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. A small, what is that, quarter ounce bottle was like $80. It was mm-hmm. costing me, like, with tax, like $90. And it would only last me, like, 15, 20 days max. Mm-hmm. And it just, I did that for, like, a year, but it was so expensive. And... I was getting, I was taking more and more because it wasn't working yeah. as efficiently. And because I was taking a little bit more, I was getting more relaxed and I didn't want, I want to be active. I want to be aware. I want to be awake. I want to participate in life mm-hmm. and, and be f- excited to do it without having to OD on caffeine yeah. in order to do it. Right. So I, I did uh, wean myself off using that. I was doing Tylenol for a little bit and then I switched over. I, I, I heard, I, Talk to Hernan Castro. He is the desert alchemist in Tucson. Highly, 100% recommend the desert alchemist. Check out his website. He's at the farmer's markets. He does, uh, if you're in Tucson, he does Udall on Friday. Saturday, he does Oro Valley. And Sunday, he's he does Rito. Um, so desert alchemist. And he has different types of mushrooms and herbs 
that help and I take his pain maim and that really, really helps me. It has natural things like turmeric and the wild lettuce to relax you. It's anti-inflammatory. It has certain mushrooms in it. Mm-hmm. None of these are magic mushrooms. You're not going to get a trip. You're not going to be like, ooh, we're going on yeah. a nice trip. <laughs> no, these are just all natural things that he has. God gave him the ability to understand how to use them. And mm-hmm. he uses his chemistry background. And um, just go talk to him. There's so many. My husband takes a few for uh, men's health. I take lion's mane. Lion's mane, highly recommend anyone who's got some sort of brain injury. And if you don't, just recommend Brain Boost and Lion's Mane in general because mm-hmm. it helps you with, with focus and with memory. And uh, it's just it's just proven. You can look up Lion's Mane. It's just proven. And I use Lion's Mane coffee that he sells. And I also use his Lion's Mane. And I used um, his Pain Mane. It's a huge deal. He has one for sleep. Mm-hmm. That's all natural things as well. You can, you know, use that. Um, for sleep, sometimes when I'm having a really, really, really hard day, um, I do RSO. And for those who know, you know that RSO is magic. Mm -hmm. It is a blessing from God. RSO is Rick Simpson oil. Now this is uh, THC. So it, uh, you, I think for RSO specifically, you do need the medical, what do they call it? The medical ID, medical, medical marijuana card, medical marijuana card. You need Mm -hmm. the medical marijuana card, but if you're in pain and some days on my very hard, very, very hard days, um, I have to take RSO in order to go to sleep and allow my body to heal. Mm-hmm. So look up RSO, go to YouTube. You're going to see the amazing benefits of using RSO. I mean, a dose of RSO is like the size of a grain of rice. Mm-hmm. So it's going to last you quite a bit and you don't need a lot. Yeah. Um, and then when I do take anything, whether it be the mushrooms, whether it be Tylenol, whether it just be I'm overwhelmed, I earth a lot. Mm-hmm. I earth as often as I can every chance I get. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to YouTube, look up the earthing movie, the benefits that we get from the vibration of the earth and the, just the, just detoxing from this world. I mean, Mm -hmm. you immediately, the moment your hand touches or your feet touch the ground, the anti-inflammatory starts to work immediately from the benefits that we get. Yeah. Um, And, I want to talk a little bit and kind of transition a little bit into travel. Um, I've been really, really blessed and really fortunate to be part of the Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. If you don't know about them and if you have any kind of brain injury, a concussion, brain tumor, uh, malformation, I mean, uh, TRE, I mean, there's so many different types. Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. I have, uh, I'm on their support group. So once a month we get together on Zoom and we just, we get together and we just, touch base with each other and it's really important to feel and be seen mm-hmm. without having to explain why you're crying or why you're laughing or or why you're stuttering or why you're twitching and mm-hmm. it, you know you don't have to be embarrassed about it because we're all in the same boat where we we don't know why our body just is going does through what it's, it does what it's going through and mm-hmm. uh, you can go on and uh, sign up. It's free to go on one of their support groups, Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really fortunate. I've been able to, I, I was able to write two articles for them for the Brainwave. They have a vlog. If you go to their website and you can look up Brainwave under the B-I-A-A-Z is their acronym for Brain Injury Alliance of Arizona. And type in Brainwave and you'll see um, over the holidays, I did one for how to, do with the holidays with a brain injury, right? And then I just 
they just published one, uh, I think a couple days ago regarding traveling with a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and check out that, that article because I've had some uh, experiences, experiences. <laughs> with them crushing my wheelchair, them losing and sending my wheelchair to a completely different state um, and what that might look like. Like learning to have to advocate for yourself is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? And when you travel... We have to prepare, just like you said. Even just when you take your mom to your to your grandmother's house, you got to prepare. You got to plan. You got to have a backup to your plan. Yeah, got to make sure they have medications. You have to make sure you have extra clothing just in case it's an accident. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's not an accident with our bowels or urinary tract, but maybe there's an accident where we shake and then we just spill things all over ourselves. So mm-hmm. we always have to be prepared, and yeah. it can be really embarrassing. And it is. From my perspective, it's embarrassing. It's mortifying. I just want to go home and cry. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful that my husband's so precious and he's so kind to me. And he's never made me feel embarrassed or ashamed about mm-hmm. accidents. But accidents happen. Yeah, they do, unfortunately. Um, I know one of the things with my mom, like when she has her seizures, she it's kind of like staring off into space. Like that's the only thing I can think of to like describe it. Like, it literally just looks like she just is stuck in space somewhere. Like, she's just staring off. And you can talk to her and everything, and she won't, she doesn't hear you at all. And, like, she'll get tears in her eyes, and she'll, like, cry, but she just can't move. Like, she's paralyzed like that. And I remember, um, like, I, I work overnight, and I work two jobs to try and supplement income for her to, you know, and I was sleeping, and I just, I could hear her in my sleep. She kept saying, my leg is hot. And I woke up and she was like, my leg is hot. And I'm like, what do you mean your your leg is hot? Like, do you need like a blanket or like I because sometimes she gets confused and it's usually cold in her house. And so I like went and got her a blanket and I realized that she had just come out of a seizure. Like there was tears in her eyes and she had a cup of hot coffee that she had just made. And as she had seized it was spilling on her leg. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So when I finally understood your leg is hot because you're getting burned by coffee. Like those are the types of things that like, you need to be prepared for. Cause I never thought, Oh, she's going to spill coffee on herself. I need to bring an extra change of clothes. And now I'm like, yeah, we got to bring extra clothes because she could spill stuff on herself and not even know it. Yeah. And there's just small accidents that happen every day. Yeah. Where most people aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. I fall a lot, but don't tell John. You yeah. know what I mean? I, he was here and he witnessed. He caught me twice when I fell and he actually just like ran and he jumped off off the table and he just grabbed my head. So my head never hit the ground. Oh. But I think yesterday I fell and I'm really careful because I know I'm a falling risk. Mm-hmm. I always, I'm holding onto walls. I'm always close to a wall or close to the sofa. I stay close to things intentionally. Mm-hmm. Because if you heard the last podcast where I was talking about like, in physical therapy where they kept pushing me so they could teach me how to fall. And it was how traumatic that was for me. And I still like cry when I think about it because it was so overwhelming. I physically couldn't even sit up straight. I couldn't stand up straight at the time. And they kept pushing me and pushing me and it was traumatic. But guess what? They taught me how to fall well. Mm -hmm. And I've learned how to fall into things Mm -hmm. and when to fall and how to protect my body and then how to get back up when I fall yeah and I fell into the sofa and I fall into things a lot I've I've face planted onto our bed more times than I can count I have a um 
septum what do you call that broken septum whatever yeah, because I face planted deviated <laughs> septum because I face planted so many times mm-hmm. and these are just little things that if your loved one or your friend or your neighbor is saying things it's possibly time to maybe um, listen mm-hmm. right um, if we're saying things I'm really grateful that you and John don't dismiss because mm-hmm. number one, we dismiss ourselves pretty well. Yeah, you do. Um, we're really good at dismissing ourselves because we don't want to be a burden. We put um, so much on you already. I put so much on my precious husband. I don't even want to let him know if I'm having a really hard time, but because he's paying attention, he knows if I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the things I want to take away from this is for me, is my perspective is, Stop dismissing yourself. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Um, I wasn't born disabled. And a lot of people weren't born disabled, but there's a lot of people that were. Mm-hmm. But even so, if your body is telling you something, pay attention to it mm-hmm. and get it checked out. And I try to remind myself, don't worry about the, the cost of the test. I try and tell myself because I still think about that because yeah. two brain surgeries were not cheap. Mm-mm. Insurance barely covers any... It did not. And any devices, they don't even cover devices. Yeah. So you have to pay a huge amount. Our, just my wheelchair alone was a $2,000 copay. Mm-hmm. That was just the copay. It was extremely expensive. So um, from my perspective, if there's something going on as, a, as uh, someone who's disabled, if you're unable to advocate for yourself, first of all, number one is advocate for yourself if you can. If you mm-hmm. cannot call a friend who who's able to support you and help you say hey can you help me make this appointment can you help me get to this place can mm-hmm. you can you come sit with me whatever those things that you need are be vocal mm-hmm. say what you need and don't be embarrassed about asking for help nope don't be embarrassed and find yourself a strong voice too because i feel like i'm that for my family i'm very much a facilita- facilitator in everything like i we have a family calendar and i make sure that all her appointments are in there and i'm like hey there are dates in there that don't have rides like somebody needs to jump in there and take mom here so yeah find find yourself a a loud advocator i say because the squeaky wheel definitely does get fixed and you got to have that annoying person that'll just keep calling and keep pushing until something gets done and you know what they're not the annoying person they're the committed person yeah you have to have someone who's, you got to commit to you. Mm-hmm. And you have to find at least one person who's willing to commit. And if that, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, we don't have family. We don't have mm-hmm. kids. We don't have loved ones. We don't have neighbors. And, and you lose a lot of people, too, I, I've noticed. Yeah, because yeah. we feel, this is why we feel as, as disabled people that we're too much. Because people just have, it's too much for them. Yeah, they stop talking to you. They stop checking in on you. Yeah. Yeah, it's I've lonely. noticed. It's lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we can have our own resolution as to why that is. Mm-hmm. But it does make us feel like we're just too much. Yeah, We're, we're just too much because they don't want to have to come all the way over here. I can't meet them anywhere. I mm-hmm. can't just get up and go and can't support. Th- I can't support you the way that you're used to being supported. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I, I don't support you. Right. I physically cannot be there. I physically cannot show up because it puts me in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learn how to advocate or find somebody who's willing to be committed to helping you. Yes. Live your best life because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you, Shay. I love you. I love you. I love my precious husband, John, who's just always 
willing to be beside me, but he's not the loud voice. Mm-hmm. That's usually me. Yeah. And that can be really hard too, but he will support me throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you're the loud voice. And I know you have told me, you, <laughs> sister, you better let me know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be the loud voice for you. And I just appreciate people like you because you give me more encouragement that I'm not a burden. Mm-hmm. Even though my husband will tell me when other people tell me, it helps me remind myself that uh, I'm not too much mm-hmm. because people with disabilities can sure believe that we're just too much. So we're going to shrink. Yeah. So I'm grateful that you did this podcast with me, Shay. I love you so much. Thank, uh, you. thank you for being here with me um, again on this other podcast. Go ahead and rate the podcast. Go ahead and listen. Be a subscriber. Share it with other people. Maybe you know someone with a disability. Maybe you know someone who's a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know someone who's in the hospital who just had an accident and they're not, they don't even know. They haven't processed the fact that they might be disabled. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, forward this podcast to them. Maybe it could be an encouragement. Exactly. And John now has TikTok. So we can go follow him on TikTok at Bacon Bits Pod. Um, And yeah. Yeah, we're going to get him to start. Yeah, we're going to get him a little TikTok. A little TikToker. (laughs) (laughs) Do a little TikTok dance. Talking soon. (laughs) uh, You'll see us on there too. So we're so grateful. Thank you for listening to the Bacon Bits Podcast. We love you. And. Peace. I don't know what he says. Peace out. I, I edit them every week. And I, I have no idea. No idea. I, it's not like we're there every single time. I know. Course, yes, we love you all. Thank you for being with us. All right. What's up, family? It's your boy, John Bacon from the Bacon Bits Podcast. Thank you so much for your support, likes, and ratings. Please don't just listen, but rate me, follow me, and subscribe. This is an amazing way to offer free support. My beautiful queen and I have some books that we have written for your growth. So the first book we have is a workbook, actually. It's called Healthy Relationships, and this is a workbook through the lens of faith because what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy? So this workbook is designed, it's a 12-week, it's a biblically grounded course, and every week has a, a few different principles. So if some of our principles, some of our topics that we're covering are respect, uh, cultivating security. And this is not just between a husband and wife, this is between parents, between siblings, between friends, between your bosses, employers. So it's really important and everyone deserves a healthy relationship. And also we have The Balanced Life by John Bacon. It covers how to be prosperous in your finances, relationships, your health, your mind, and your spirit. So you can pick that up on Amazon, also on audiobook. And we also have The Unraveling, a creative healing journal, pinings, poems, prayers, and ponderings of my precarious life. Um, I've had a testimony of had two brain tumors and two brain surgeries and I'm super grateful but I'm still grieving the process of healing and this is part of the process in this book you have devotionals you have prayers and you have some ponderings and in between these pages there's a space for you to also be prompted to paint and to create uh, your own or maybe you want to write something in these books this is part of your creative healing journal that we get to walk through together and you guys can just head over to kingdom servants first kingdom servants the number one st.com and you can purchase all three of these books thank you for your support your love and your contributions god bless